This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hello everybody, it's Sai. Hope you are all well. Just wanted to jump on here quickly and explain what we're going to be doing this week with regards to chain wrestling. There is no chain wrestling live on Monday night due to some personal issues. It's just a case of real life getting in the way. So there's going to be no chain wrestling live on Monday night, which then of course means that the podcast stroke audio version won't be out on the Wednesday either because there is no new chain wrestling live for me to edit to turn into a podcast and put out for those who listen to the podcast version later in the week however to make sure you do still get your slice of chain wrestling goodness from magsy and i we thought we'd check out a few things that radio techers have never had before way back when when chain wrestling first started back in the audio only days before we went live and before the podcast was released on techers we were with another network called visionaries global media who are a great set of guys, a f- fantastic group of people down there. Um, some of my other shows are, are still coming out via Visionaries. Magsy has stuff coming out via Visionaries. A great set of fellas, great set of lads. However, with regards to there being no chain wrestling this week, Magsy and I wanted to take the opportunity to potentially, uh, I suppose, jump in our way back when machines. Inspired very much by a member of the CWF, Uh, sending me a DM on Twitter asking if they could have links to the first couple of episodes of Chain Wrestling, which are no longer available on the old interwebs anymore. They've kind of uh, got to that stage where it's over a year old, so the network starts removing them and so on. But I've got all the episodes saved and tucked away somewhere at home. So I I sent this individual the links, and he's very grateful, and he's listening back, and he said he enjoyed this, and he enjoyed that, so on and so forth. And it kind of got me thinking that, well, okay, if we've got nothing original this week for you because of real life getting in the way, then how's about for those of you who have only discovered the show since we've joined Techers and gone live, how about we go way, way, way back when and you check out the very early, very ropey, very dodgy, very poorly produced original chain wrestling episodes and you can all have a giggle at our expense and see where the chain first began. So that's what's going to happen this week. I plan on releasing uh, from episode one onwards, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. So you're probably going to get four or five episodes from us this week, one each day. The first four or five episodes of Chain Wrestling as they came out way back when, when we first started. I mean, we're on episode I think it's episode 67 or 68 now, so it's quite a way back. You can see how the show started, how it developed from just a wrestling show to us talking nonsense as well, uh, and so on. And I hope that everyone enjoys listening back. I hope everyone can sort of take what we're doing with a pinch of salt, because I was very, very unsure of what I was doing. And without Magsy there to guide me, it would have been a lot worse than it is. And it's ropey as hell, (laughs) as it is now, to be fair. But yeah, so there we go. That's the plan for this week. And Magsy and I will be back with you next Monday with Chain Wrestling Live, brand new episode, and also 
a brand new episode of the podcast version as well. I hope you enjoy this little trip back down memory lane. Look out for all the links to the shows, old and new, on our social medias, at chain underscore wrestling. Pretty much everywhere you can expect to find us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc, etc, etc. Chuck us a follow on there, get involved, and let us know what you think about these old, dusty old episodes that were, you know, dragging out of a, a back cupboard on the internet for you all to check out this week. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, and we'll get on now with Chain Wrestling, episodes 1, 2, 3, etc., whichever day it is you happen to have pressed play. Thank you for listening. Next time you're at the checkout and you hear the beat. Next time you're at the checkout and you hear the beat. Next time you're at the checkout and you hear the beat. Next time you're at the checkout supermarket. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever, whenever you may be listening. My name is Sai and this is Chain Wrestling with Mags and Sai, episode number two. Uh, and alongside me today, and hopefully as always, we have the Dale Winton to my Ryland. We have the stunning Steve to my Harlem Heat Cole. The Podfather himself, Mr. Mags. How are we doing, sir? Wow. The the stunning Steve. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, you've really made my day with, with that uh, introduction. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to... To, to do this episode, my, my pick uh, won, so we get, to en- we get to enjoy one of uh, one of possibly the, the best kind of uh, skits WWF put on in, in the Attitude Era, so yeah, um, I'm buzzing today. Yeah, great stuff. I mean, it's, it's the December 13th, 2001 episode of Smackdown, you can find today's topic on that won the poll. Thank you to everyone who, who voted on the poll. Um. Yeah, yeah, great stuff, and it's it's the it's the supermarket grocery store fight between Booker T and mm-hmm. Steve Austin. Hence my supermarket sweet references at the start of the show, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, putting that on earlier today and rewatching this old SmackDown. And initially, my plan was to just chuck on this segment and and watch that. But I ended up watching quite a bit of the episode, sort of scanning through yeah. it, I suppose. Um. And I, I think things, you need to to. Yeah, I think you need to to kind of like get the reasoning why they were in the supermarket and why uh, Booker T was getting his ass whipped. So yeah, I think if we'd have just took that little segment, it wouldn't we wouldn't have had enough context. I don't think. No, no, that's right. I mean, it's it's Booker T's been involving himself in Steve Austin's matches, costing the. Uh, um, it was unified championships they called it. Oh, it, it? Was the, it was undisputed. The undisputed. On, on the previous episode of Raw, a few days mm-hmm. before this December thirteenth edition of SmackDown, Austin's looking for Booker T and Vince McMahon throughout the show. Um, that's kind of sets the scene, I guess. Um, the first thing that stands out to me is, is when the show starts. You've got the big silver fist of a vengeance ramp, which. At the time, I thought was odd, but now looking back, I bloody love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think SmackDown has had 
two of the best kind of uh, stage uh, slash ring entrances with the uh, with the fist and the the kind of like. Uh, ovoid shapes uh concentric circle of all oh, yeah yeah two stunning designs and and it's a bit sad now because the, the, it's very very plain uh we're both kind of raw and smackdown uh i miss those days and i believe that they've still got the the giant fist there in a warehouse yeah yeah you see like um you know the the, the certain individuals who have access i guess the bruce pritchards of the world sort of posting little videos of that warehouse and you see like the big fist there there was a there was a chest or a big um cabinet i suppose full of old championship belts all just thrown mm-hmm. in there yeah. loosely um old cages and old hell in a cell um parts and so on um, to me I'd, that'd be fascinating i'd love to walk around somewhere like that to, just to see what you could find and that that case full of all these old belts just gathering dust i mean that would have been an absolute gold mine yeah and the memories that you'd, you'd, you'd spot something across the room and you'd be like, oh my God, I remember that episode or I remember that storyline. Yeah, it'd be brilliant to do that. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, okay, well, since your selection that won, Max, you, uh, I suppose, very thankfully from your standpoint, didn't have to watch Hogan Slaughter again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I can still go to Hogan Slaughter from this match for next week one. So let's let's just see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a tenuous link. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, that would be a real stretch. Um, uh, see, this is your topic. Uh, where, whereabouts on the show? Do you want to start? Well, uh, the way I I started, like I said, yeah, I, th- I think if you just jump to the 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 actual brawl, which is only uh, three or four minutes of a of the the show, I think. Uh, you kind of miss a lot of the context. So I've actually started where um, you see Vince McMahon's limo pulling up uh, and you see uh, immediately he gets flanked by uh, by security guards with uh, massive barking alsatians. Oh, the guard dogs and all that, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, popping out of, uh, behind Vince out of the limo is a good old Booker T special guest uh, who would recently land himself uh, with Vince. Uh, Pretty much straight after the invasion, he uh, obviously Vince saw Booker as a, a huge star, uh, and and putting him in this storyline just kind of cemented that for me. Um, so anyway, we find out the reason why they've got these security guards is because uh, the rattlesnake, old Stone Cold himself, is a is hunting for Vince and Booker because of like you mentioned, they they cost him the undisputed title. Um, Vince uh, says that Austin is a, a huge madman and there's nothing that he would like better than to see these vicious dogs taking a big bite out of his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, only I mean, the way, in only a way that McMahon can, I suppose, isn't it? In, in that yeah. sort of voice and the, the hand gestures and the wild eyes and so on. Um, when they get out the car as well, something that stands out. And it's something that you sort of get, I, I suppose... I mean, we're looking at nearly 20 years ago now, this show, aren't we? Well, 19 years ago, what we're on, 19 years ago, this week, potentially, next week, potentially. Um, yeah. The the changing styles and changing appearances of people. I mean, Booker T's hair, for starters, is a lot shorter than what you see now on the on the WWE shows. That and he's, and he's, uh, he's definitely put on some timber. Yeah, yeah. But the one that gets <laughs> me is, is the jacket he was wearing. Um, it's a kind of odd leather effort with a... a, a uh, some sort of robe style 
tie around the waist. It looks like something maybe Janet Jackson would have worn in a music video in like 1989. <laughs> you know, it's a really odd choice when he comes up. I mean, I always imagined Booker T to be quite a cool fella, you know, and, and you know, and some of the gear he wore around WCW and so on in his later run there when he was champion. And he comes out wearing that. I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, what, is the new, what are you thinking there, mate? It's, it's, it's a really odd jacket, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, for me, I always thought that that was him trying to be um, professional. I mean, you've got to remember this is a guy who's, whose character was like very hood, very kind of uh, from the street. Uh, mm. And I think that's how he kind of like leveled up, I suppose. Not wearing suppose like a suit very... jacket, but a leather jacket. <laughs> I suppose he, he looks very professional. If his profession was potentially a backing dancer for TLC or something like that, who, you know, who were very much of that era, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he probably just priming for when he uh, had to do the, the the shampoo audition uh, when he oh, uh, went yeah. up against Edge. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> I mean, again, speaking about um, some taste or tasteless uh, fashion attire, we we see Booker. Um, McMahon meeting up with Ric Flair, don't we? Um, and Ric Flair is as a wonderful um, jumper on there, a lovely piece of knitwear that I'm sure, you know, looking back will stand the test of time. It looks like somebody's literally just, you know, chewed up a load of wool and been sick all over him. Um, it was horrible. It was it absolutely was. horrible. <laughs> it was. I mean, where are these suits that cost more than people's houses that he used to rant on about? Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it, it spent half of his money buying 50% of the WBF, so you had to make make some cuts somewhere. That's it. That must have been it. He must have flogged off all his suits, got rid of all his old robes to buy the the shares of the consortium from Shane and Stephanie to get half ownership of the company. And now he's literally just walking around with whatever he can find in in his garage or the back of his wardrobe or something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You also get a really awkward... I suppose, handshake bro fist kind of effort between Flair and Booker T that was just, that just made me chuckle. They just looked really yeah. awkward together, didn't they? It was, it was quite funny, you know? I, I thought that all the way kind of through this uh, this whole uh, storyline, Ric Flair was a gold man. He was the the, the real kind of antagonist for, for Vince McMahon, really tried to wind him up. Uh, yeah. Booking the private box for him, um convincing him that they, they were able to work together and he's going to learn how to kind of coexist with McMahon, learning the McMahon way, um, really getting Vince to let his guard down and 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 then lead on to, to the next section where there are the Booker and Vince are feeling a little bit peckish. So they, uh, they get some burgers and fries delivered, uh, but these are kind of like extra value meal uh, McDonald's 99p menu slop. It's full on like gourmet uh, burgers. But the poor waiter, he uh, accidentally sets these burgers on fire, which is, uh, yes. I don't I don't know how, how do you set some burgers on fire? Um, but well, it was a candle, wasn't there? Is that, is that what it was? Was it a big candle think, that you knocked yeah, over think, or something? I think it was the candle, but the, the, these burgers, I mean, they were salad, they were uh, prawns there. Yeah, it, was a, it was a real like, slap-up meal. I wish that my local takeaway uh, delivered burgers like that. Especially when you haven't ordered them, didn't they say that? Didn't they say that these are not their burgers? It was supposed to be Stone Cold's food, apparently, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Um, so <laughs> any, anyway, Vince uh, 
goes full on fireman and, and puts the, the burgers out himself with a can of Budweiser. Uh, Booker T is genuinely pissed off because he actually really wanted one of those burgers. He was upset, <laughs> but, wasn't he? <laughs> he really was. Uh, Booker's acting in this whole section was just superb. He's great character work. Uh, so he and Vince uh, share some fries. Uh, then we get a, a bit of a cutaway, and then we come back, and Vince and Booker are, are eating the fries. And also, they found some tater tots where I don't know where they found them from. And this is when a, a bunch of firemen rock up uh, to investigate the reports of a dangerous fire. So Vince rips into these fire brigade. <laughs> Where coming here when uh, there's nothing to investigate, you're just like the the police. You only turn up when you're not needed. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it was really savage, wasn't it? He was yeah, really going oh, for him. It was proper brutal. Uh, but then he turns around and we see that one of these uh, these firemen are not quite like the others, and it's a uh, it's good old Steve Austin in disguise. Lays a whooping on Vince, punches Booker, chases him through the crowd into the ringside and then out of the arena. Uh, then we see Booker escaping in Vince's limo, um, and then Stone Cold uh, give chase in his pickup truck. Yeah, so, I, I, we had this on um, this afternoon uh, here. My wife was sort of going in and out of the room, and my daughter actually came downstairs and watched a bit of it with me as well. And by this stage, she's laughing her head off. She, <laughs> she thinks this is she's really enjoying this, which I love. I love, I love seeing my little girl enjoy wrestling, but seeing her literally laughing at the stuff that she was witnessing and the stuff that we we're going to discuss coming up. The one thing that she said was um, about Steve Austin. She said, even though he's got that fireman stuff on, you can still see it's him because of the way he runs. He always yeah. runs si- silly like that, doesn't he? And yeah. I, was, I was like, well, I, I suppose. <laughs> Something what really tickled me, though, was when, uh, when Stone Cold was giving chase in his pickup, you could hear like, the tires squealing like really loudly. Uh, but the but the pickup just like pulled off at normal pace and there were no kind of like tire smoke so they they really kind of like um, like pumped in the the audio of a, of a tire squeal for literally no reason it was ridiculous yeah. <laughs> so we then uh, after a match I think uh, we cut back to Vince uh, with a massive fat lip a bag of ass uh, um, trying to trying to like take the swelling down, and then he gets a, a phone call from Booker. Uh, clearly not uh, voiceover because all the crowd can can hear it. Clearly not done in the Clearly not done in the studio. <laughs> but he tells Vince that he thinks he's lost Austin. Uh, not that he was scared or anything. He would have t- he would have taken that sucker out the game if he wanted to. That's a brilliant line. Um, but seeing as he lost Stone Cold, he, uh, he wanted to stop off at the Green Frog supermarket, and they made a point of saying the Green Frog supermarket so many times uh, because he, he fancied a cappuccino. Um, just as he's ending the call, he spots uh, Austin's truck pulling up in the parking lot, and uh, and he's got to go. Yeah, that's right. And um, obviously that sort of sets the scene for what's coming up i guess of austin tracking him down to this the yeah. supermarket but before he gets there um austin is on the phone with rick flair isn't he certainly is uh and vince is going going skits about wanting to know who flair was talking to and flair is yeah one minute vince i'll uh, i'll just finish this call and i think two or three times and each time he's getting more and more angry so um rick flair says 
he wants to talk to you. So Vince goes, who wants to talk to me? And he says, it's Austin. So then we get Austin conferring. He's, uh, he's outside this green frog supermarket and he's, uh, he's seen <laughs> Booker in there. Uh, but Steve says he's actually glad that Booker uh, tried to hide in the store because he needs to do a, a bit of grocery shopping, and then he rams off a list of uh, of, of stuff that he's going to pick up. And obviously, the the fans were chanting "What!" after every single one. So he wanted some potato chips, pop tarts, Lucky Charms, Moon Pie, Hungry Man <laughs> TV dinners, a case of beer, some beefaroni, some chicken fried steak and some of good old JR's barbecue sauce. Uh, and then we get like a camera pan from uh, Vince, and you can see Flair just chanting what along with the fans. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Really yeah. made me chuckle. Uh, real um, real well-balanced diet for, for an athlete there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know? beef I'd love to know what beef on is. i got no idea. <laughs> if, if anyone out there knows, um, at chain underscore wrestling let's not be thrown here that's Absolutely. important that's, yeah that's the, that's the most important thing we're going to take from this episode i think <laughs> with regards to that with um that, that section there when he's listing the, the shopping list off what are your thoughts on the what chant because it's kind of gone away a little bit now but it hung around for so long didn't it and hearing it back here mm. i remember how much it used to just irritate the crap out of me i think at this time, though, with it being quite new, I was into it. I would happily yeah, chant. Yeah, yeah, at the time. Long. Yeah, but after he, after Austin retired, and then it was literally the, the fans would chant it at absolutely everyone, uh, and it did kind of start grating, and it was, yeah, it, it ruined a lot of good uh, promos for me. Uh, yeah. A lot of wrestlers kind of had to fight against it, and I think the the best kind of. Uh, wrestler who I saw who combated it was uh, was when the Undertaker said uh, um, the next time you say what is when you, when you sleep with your sister or something like that and, and the crowd <laughs> like oh yeah I'm not saying that again now <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, I suppose it's sort of taking back control isn't it of the yeah. situation but I'm all for you know audience participation and I mean, The Rock's another great one, isn't he, where you've got um, lines, he says, that people can sort of chant along with and so on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's fantastic. Um, and that what chant was great, again, like we said, at the time. But for how long it rumbled on for, it, you, oh, it grated the hell out of me towards the end. It drove me so mad. Yeah, it absolutely did. Uh, and it, it was almost kind of like a curse because it was such a, a big thing and then it just got the absolute arse kicked out of it by fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so I suppose the next step, Max, we're at the oh. supermarket, aren't we? Well, just before that, uh, we get McMahon trying to phone Booker T. Oh, yes, of course, yes. But his phone was dead. Uh, so we get Ric Flair, he's trying to calm old Vinnie Mac down, and then it cuts to Booker T in the superstore. Now, for someone who wanted a cappuccino, it was in the cereal aisle, uh, ripping open a box of what I thought was Cocoa Pops, but I couldn't quite catch the actual brand. But, yeah, he he, he's, he opens this box of Cocoa Pops and he's there chewing away at some, and, and then we hear a familiar voice over the tannoy saying uh, that there's a, a, a whoop-ass on aisle two. So <laughs> Booker kind of looking around spots a, a bald-headed guy with a black T-shirt walking past and he uh, proceeds to do a sneak attack. 
buddy done attack Stone Cold. It's just some some dude looking for a loaf of bread. Uh, took a whooping for no reason, and then the camera pans round, and we see Stone Cold creeping up behind Booker with a can of beer. Opens this can of beer, and, and you can see in Booker's eyes that uh, that he knows that it's, it's Austin. And oh, that moment is that moment's fantastic, isn't it? When he's got his back turned to Austin, he's sort of looking yeah. around, and that of the can opening yeah. is what alerts him to the presence of, of the rattlesnake that alerts him to Stone Cold to behind. That, that's fantastic television. It, it really is. And then they cut back to Vince uh, and you can hear him trying to shout like, to Booker and then Ric Flair just laughing his head off saying, look, he can't <laughs> hear you. Flies at the other end of the, ta- the city. Uh, anyway, so Austin opens the can. Booker uh, dawns on him that he's uh, he's about to get a whooping, turns around and gets smashed right in the face with the can. Thrown into some wine, thrown into some fruit. He uh, he gets a, a beat down on, on uh, whilst dragging Booker up the aisle. Throws him into some uh, shelf of jarred food. Covers him in ketchup. Uh, throws him on top of some onions and, and smacks him in the head with an onion. Uh, tosses him into a flower display. Squeezes oh, mustard on sorry it. To, sorry to interrupt there, Max. Just was very quickly. Like I said I was watching this with my, my 10-year-old daughter. And when this was going on, again, she, she's roaring. She is laughing her head off. Um, and then she kind of gets more into it. And, and almost like a little mini-aggressive side of her comes out. <laughs> she, she sits forward. She, she, as the flower hits Booker T, she's laughing. And then like there's a change comes over her. And she sits forward on the sofa and starts yelling, Get the eggs! Get the eggs! Uh, at the telly. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, frightened wow. me a little bit. But it was nice to see how into it she was. <laughs> wow. I think uh, that's the last she should be watching of uh, 2001 Smack. Now, <laughs> yeah, maybe for a little while. <laughs> so we uh, we we go past the flower display. We get the mustard. He then is thrown onto some pumpkins, uh, some chestnuts. Obviously, with it being around Christmas, a big basket of ginger, uh, which was weird, and then uh, two big baskets of uh, of dried beans, and then Roxy with an with a full on potato, which I thought was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Um, yeah. Then we take a trip down the the bakery section where he uh, he opens up two bags of flour, uh, throws him through a big display of honey nut Cheerios, which I was absolutely wounded for because they're one of my favourite cereals. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I I like the ordinary Cheerios, mate, but I'm I like the I like them as well. Yeah. I like the cheap, the cheaper sort of supermarkets own brand as opposed to the the good stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the Tesco ones. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that does me, mate. That does me. Can't beat that when you've got a few beers in. Yeah, it's three o'clock in the morning. You wake up, you're a bit peckish. Lovely stuff. I'm a, I'm a shredded weak guy when I'm like that. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to this uh, this skit, and we uh, we see that Booker is looking a little bit tired after being uh, attacked in the in the supermarket. So Austin very very calmly puts him in a shopping trailer uh, and wheels him to the next session, unfortunately smashing into cans and bottles as they go past. Um, what I really did enjoy was the the way that the they kept cutting to to Vince and Ric Flair and like the kind of the dichotomy of Vince absolutely hating every single second of it going of what yeah. was happening and Flair really kind of reveling in it, loving Just loving every second. Belly laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So go, we go back to the supermarket again, and uh, Austin's a little bit tuckered, so he uh, quickly grabs a, a can of Steve Wiser, uh, which he then obviously smashes into to Booker T's head. 
Um, oh, shopping makes me tired, he said, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the, the 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 best bit was uh, when Austin grabbed a, a full case of beer and Booker kindly kept hold of it whilst uh, he was wheeling him around. It was uh, interesting. You wouldn't have thought he would have wanted to help Austin out there. Uh, but then that, that's when they go to the, the back in the storeroom uh, and we see the eggs, which uh, I bet your daughter was like, yes, finally. Uh, it's literally what you said there. <laughs> yes, it's exactly what she said. And my wife, by this stage, had come back in the room. And my wife was like, oh, my goodness. Because she looked at Booker and the state of him and the flour and the beer and all that. And then these eggs hitting him. And she went, oh, my goodness, his dreadlocks, his hair. That's going to be disgusting. Yeah. And it didn't even enter oh, my mind. But, yeah, can you imagine? It was like you were going through in some sort of initiation ceremony to to join, uh, like, a, a frat party or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, Austin eggs Booker, like I said, and then his, uh, his downfall was he actually went to go and grab some crackers, like a full case of them, but this gives Booker enough time to to get his, his only piece of uh, attack into this and he hits a super kick and then uh, throws Austin into some kitchen roll uh, and then we get another cut to the the uh, the scar box and this is where, again, I've got to praise WWE for, for the, the camera work because now we've got Vince reveling in what's happening because yeah. the tide had turned and Ric Flair with, a, with the look of shock on his face. We go back to uh, the supermarket and Booker throws Austin in a fridge, locks the door and leaves the storeroom thinking it's over, it's done. But whilst he's taking a breather, he doesn't realise that that fridge actually opens out into the milk section of the store and then uh, Austin pops out of of this fridge with a a two-litre bottle of milk, takes a swig, Thanks, Booker, for, for the drink, and then punches him as per. <laughs> then he, oh, that was, he found... when he comes out the fridge, is brilliant, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. so good. I, I literally I was belly laughing again at him coming out the fridge like that. It was such good TV again, just brilliantly shot. Yeah, perfect camera work. Really, really yeah. well done. Um, so then the, it's time for another ride for Booker, and I thought originally they'd put him back on a, a, a shopping trolley, but it's actually just a table with wheels. Um, so they they're wheeling him down. Uh, Austin's wheeling him down the the cleaning aisle. I thought he would have at least kind of like got him some uh, napkins to to wipe himself off, but instead he gets some nappies. Opens a big bag of nappies and uh, <laughs> puts one on on Booker's ass. Uh, whoops him again. Then weirdly, and I don't understand why he stopped at this uh this section where you could get fresh coffee beans and just threw a handful of them on, on Booker whilst he was uh, whilst he was led there groaning. Yeah, I mean, but, don't get me wrong. I imagine if somebody lobs a load of coffee beans in your face, it's going to sting. But after you've yeah. been hit with all the stuff that Booker's been hit with, it's, it's kind of, is it necessary, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, I'd take a handful of coffee beans over being punched with a potato. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> But we, we're getting getting to the end now, uh, and Austin says it's time for checkout. Uh, he pushes Booker towards the checkout and then uh, pushes him onto onto the counter, and then you can see him kind of like realise that there's cops on the way in the distance. Um, so Booker falls off this checkout counter. Austin gives him one last uh, boot, and then leaves the store with the the perfect way to to end this uh end this segment was when he uh he says price check on a jackass walks out yeah. of the 
walks out of the store and then we cut to to Ric Flair gloating. He slaps Vince on the back, which which after that must have hurt uh, because yeah. you see Vince like almost like slam his face into a, a bowl of fruit. Uh, he leaves the skybox and Vince is there left to, to rue Austin uh, whooping, whooping the ass of, uh, of Booker T. Just, just great television. Just absolutely fantastic. Oh, I bet as well. I, I can't think there would have been anyone tuning in to SmackDown that week, knowing what was going to happen with regards to going through that supermarket and a really sort of memorable moment in wrestling history that it stands out as soon as you brought it up on the last show uh, as, as your link option for the chain um, I was like oh man I, I kind of do hope that wins because I haven't seen that in so long that's fantastic you know because it, it stands out in your memory doesn't it anyone who's seen it remembers it it's, it's not just another match it's a wonderful wonderful moment full of brilliantly funny uh, segments and all sorts just, just, just great television from start to finish, all the way through. Yeah, and and I think it really kind of shows how good characters um, Stone Cold and Booker T were. I don't think this would have worked with with anyone else. I think these were the two perfect characters to pull this off. You had like Stone Cold uh, as as kind of um, rough and tumble as he was, had great comedy chops, and obviously Booker T was. You, you, he was just so quick-witted and so g- good with the comedy that, yeah, they, these two absolutely made it work. And it's one of those kind of throwaway segments in, in like the, the history of wrestling, but something that you you just can't forget. I mean, I remember watching it live, and I remember it vividly, and it's one of those things that you go back to again and again because you, you just it just stands out in your memory. See, I'm the other way a little bit. I can remember it, you know, I thought I could remember it completely. And I remember it very fondly. I remember it being really entertaining and, and funny, which which it was to watch back again. Um, but I've not watched it over and over again. I maybe have seen it only a handful of times going back years and years. So watching wow. it back, there's certain there's certain moments that stand out. The moments that everyone remembers, the milk coming and he's coming out the chiller and, and so on. Um that of course got me laughing and my daughter seeing it for the first time she was laughing and, and and that but then there's so many other little moments all the way through this whole section this whole section of the show that i'd forgotten about that just got me again that were just funny and well put together and it was effectively all done it looked like it was all done in, in effectively one shot as well wasn't it yeah that's what it came I, across yeah i think they they they'd obviously kind of uh organized with the supermarket that they were going to to do this shot and and kind of plan the route out to, mm. to know where where they were going to go to to get the really good shots but yeah it was all kind of filmed on on like uh hand cameras and and steady cam um it was just so so well done yeah and yeah and, it and, cost a lot of money as well didn't it uh, yeah, I think I've read that it cost them like thirty thousand uh, dollars to to book out the the store. Yeah, damages and and, and cleaning mm-hmm. up and, and so on, like a crazy amount of money. Yeah, so worth it though. Yeah, worth it. <laughs> Absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. So, if anyone um, listening to this hasn't seen that, it is on the what was it, Max? December the thirteenth. December the thirteenth, uh, two thousand and one episode of SmackDown. Seek it out. It may it may sound silly for two wrestling fans such as Mags and myself to be <laughs> saying, "Go watch these guys scrap with flour and milk and coffee beans," <laughs> but it, honestly, it's it's not. It's more. 
it's more entertaining television than maybe the Vince Russo-esque TV that it sounds, I suppose. Um, but yeah, definitely go and seek that out. It's it's a really, really enjoyable. Sure. It's an enjoyable show. It's an enjoyable time in wrestling as well. I think it's all two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah, lots very of much. Reasons. Very much the peak, I think. For yeah, me. yeah. Uh, me too. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and it kind of, I suppose, uh, goes into links for the next show. Seeing as you won last week, Mags, do you want to go first or second? I'm happy to go first. Um, you carry on. Right. So the the star of this segment was obviously Stone Cold. I thought that this was great character work with him. Um, but I want to go back to the the genesis of Stone Cold Steve Austin when we first kind of like saw the character. I mean, because he was obviously amazing in, in WCW with Stunning Steve Austin, then kind of floundered when he came over to the WWF uh, as the ringmaster. Uh, mm-hmm, but he had yeah. a he had a breakout kind of performance at the 1996 King of the Ring. Uh, and, and actually it was a, uh, a tournament. He wasn't scheduled to win. It was actually Triple H who was scheduled to win it. But the whole kind of curtain call thing happened and Vince could only punished Triple H for it. So he was punished by by not winning the King of the Ring. Uh, but that's if that didn't happen, we wouldn't have got Stone Cold Steve Austin. We wouldn't have got uh, Austin 316. So I think I'd like to to revisit the the final of that King of the Ring when he beat um, Jake the Snake Roberts and he did his, his infamous... Uh, you can thump your Bible uh, and you can uh, read John 3.16, but Austin 3.16 says, I just whoop your ass. So, yeah, I think I'll go with June the 23rd, 1996, King of the Ring final. That is a fantastic pick and a really good link. And I suppose being a King of the Ring show, um, there's lots of other matches and possibilities you can go on from from there as well, if that's selected by the, the wonderful people who have been voting for the last couple of polls. Yep. Um, I'm going to go the other way in Austin's timeline, I think. I'm going to go forward uh, marginally in comparison to you going back a few years. I'm going to go um, March the 11th, 2002, Monday Night Raw. This is... The only time that I can really think of that we got to see Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring together. Uh, You have Austin and The Rock on one side facing Hogan, Hall and Nash of the NWO uh, in the build up towards WrestleMania 18 and that famous Hogan Rock match and all the silliness with the NWO hitting ambulances with trucks and killing people with hammers and cinder blocks and other nonsense, which I'm sure we could potentially laugh at. But yeah, the idea of seeing Austin and Hogan, even if the exchanges aren't that extensive, the only time it potentially happened, um, correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter, please people, but I believe March the 11th, 2002 Raw handicap match, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock versus the NWO of Hogan, Hall and Nash. That I think will be, will be my pick. That's a, a banger of a pick. Um, the arguably two of the 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 biggest stars that ever graced uh, wrestling, and then the the clearly the biggest kind of faction, and and obviously the the biggest person to to make a career outside of wrestling with the Rock. So you've uh, 
you've absolutely banged it out of the park with that pick. No, I appreciate that, mate. Thank you, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're both excellent choices. I mean, King of the Ring, 96, hugely historic moment. I'm a big NWO fan as well, and this is before it really sort of went sour in the WWE. So two good options there for people to vote on. I'll be chucking it up on the uh, show's social medias and so on when this show comes out. Um, if anyone has any other ideas as to where we can potentially go, uh, give us a shout, let us know. Um, it's always nice hearing people's thoughts. I mean, for example, we had a tweet from at UTT Rob. <laughs> he said from the show now um, that we're covering today, Booker T was famously in a feud over a shampoo commercial. Um, perhaps, <laughs> we could look at, per- perhaps we could look at the last time Steve Austin needed shampoo, which would have been, he believes, against Mikey Whitrek at ECW November to Remember in 1995. Um, um, <laughs> which tickle B. <laughs> Potentially, I, I think he there was a couple of matches uh, as the ringmaster where he had like a tiny little bit of hair, which he probably would have just cleaned with shower gel. To be fair, they were they were enough of it for for a full bottle of Timothy. Well, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Stone Cold at that stage in his career and his life wasn't lucky enough to have beautiful flowing locks like me and you, Mags. Eh? Exactly, exactly, and I've, I've absolutely loved the the feedback that we've we've got because of the the first episode. Uh, people are really getting into it, and it'd be cool actually, I think, to uh, to have some guests uh, from time to time and get drag some other people into watching some of this uh, this horrific stuff that we'll end up watching. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So if you're up for that, if anyone fancies being a guest, get hold of us on the Twitter. Um, I'll pass out the socials in just one moment. Uh, and then we can potentially have a three-way poll or four, whichever way we need it to be with mm-hmm. regards to voting for the next show. It could be really interesting. Um, on that note then, Max, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you online? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this has been a, another fun episode. I've absolutely loved watching this and, and, and talking about it. Uh, I just think that the, the concept is superb and you've really, uh, really impressed me with, with how well it's come off. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. Uh, I have more podcasts than any, any human should ever have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, my links are on there. Come and give me a follow. Come and uh, have, a, have a chat about wrestling with me. Uh, it's always a good time. It is indeed. It is indeed. You can find me, uh, Sai, at SJP Words, and you can find the Chain Wrestling with Mags and Sai account at Chain underscore Wrestling. Chuck all three of those accounts to follow. Um, look out for the poll each week for the n- options for the next ep- episode. Um, and yeah, I, I guess we're done today, Mags. Brilliant. Uh, oh. and, and, and another good thing about the show is it's so it's so quick, so easy to digest as well. We're not going to have you sat through a, a three-hour show. <laughs> well, no, that's true. That's true. That's true. I mean, that's what we clocked in at night. We've been talking for forty minutes, mm-hmm. so it can't be bad, mate. Can't be bad. Okay, I'll uh, I'll let you get off and enjoy the rest of your evening, Mags. I'll speak to you very soon, sir. Yep, same to you, Gap. You're wild in the aisles.